one of my favorite laughs in sports, watching sports, watching a game, comes when my team has been losing the whole game, struggling, can't do anything right, falling more and more behind, the other team racking up points and points until it comes to the very end of the game and there's two minutes left and just when you give up hope, you realize there's no way, there's no way your team is going to win, right? I know, there's no way they're going to win. But then that's when someone says, all right, we've got them right where we want them. <laughs> I don't know why, but that makes me laugh every time that I hear someone say that. And maybe we need that laugh. If you're following a team and you've given up hope, there's no way that they're going to win. In that moment, you need something to laugh about, I guess, because you know they're just not going to be able to do it, and you give up hope. I kind of wonder if you had just read for the first time this Gospel of Matthew. We heard a little bit from the fourth chapter. If you started from the beginning and made it this far into the Gospel, if you might start to wonder if Jesus was in that position of falling, falling further and further behind. Because if you look at the pattern of his life so far, it seems like he just can't win. I mean, he starts from behind, really. He's born to an unwed mother. That would really put him behind in society from the very beginning. He's born in Bethlehem, which at that time was like a podunk town. If he's supposed to be the Messiah, Bethlehem is not going to give him a lot of status as a powerful person. And then after Jesus is born, things start happening. Herod, the power that, that was at that time, was frightened. He heard a Messiah was born, and so he ordered that all the boys, two years and under, in that area should be killed. And so Jesus, with his family, had to flee and had to get out of town. Herod was just too powerful. So they had to retreat. And they retreated all the way down into Egypt, a place where they were strangers and refugees. It could not have been easy. Finally, they're able to come back from Egypt because Herod had died. But when they got back home, they found out that another big important ruler was in his place and was just as dangerous. And so even though they come back, they can't go back to Bethlehem. So now the Holy Family has to go to Nazareth. So because of this threat of violence, because the powers that be seem to be winning again, they have to do another move and resettle again in Nazareth. Then we hear about what happens today. Jesus has been, we know he's been baptized in the Jordan by John. He seems to be starting up his ministry. Some things are happening. And then the first line in the gospel that we hear today, John the Baptist is arrested, gets in trouble for what he's been doing, and Jesus has to get out of there again. Once again, Jesus is forced to move before violent 
and angry powers that be that don't like what he's doing. Once again, Jesus has to go. This time, he's, he gets flung way out to the corners of his society, this area in Capernaum around the Sea of Galilee and these defunct territories of Zebulun and Nephthali. It's, it's just a backwater place. So he gets flung way out to the margins, to the corners, once again because of the powers that be. Seems, if you're keeping score, that Jesus is losing big time here. Every time something is supposed to happen, the, the world, the empire, the powers that be get angry, and Jesus has to go to a different place before really starting up anything new. Feels like he can't win in these first four chapters of Matthew. He keeps getting pushed further and further away from the goal. I'm wondering how many people feel like that sometimes, where you just feel like you just can't win for losing, right? Like you'd, just when you think you've got this new plan set up, maybe you've already, you had your 2020, your New Year's resolutions, and maybe they've already gone down in flames, right? Maybe you've already, just when you decided that you can do this new thing, that you can make a healthy change in your life, something comes along and knocks you back. Just when you think you have the right idea, a new opportunity, something crops up that limits you, pushes you, pushes you away from your goal. I know sometimes people talk about how bad things come in threes, but I think the problem is sometimes bad things come in like fives and sixes and they just keep coming and you feel like you can't ever get a rhythm because things keep coming your way. And this could be on just the very low end with annoyances that are just keep bothering you and you can't get a routine and then you get a cold and then you get a parking ticket and you know, things like that. They could be more serious things, major health setbacks that prevent you from doing what you really need to do in your life, from being with the people that you need to be with. There are things that come up, and there are people in our community that experience this kind of cycle of problems, and poverty and powerlessness that keeps messing them up. Maybe you've been in that boat before where you just can't move forward because of all the things pushing you back. Maybe you can relate to Jesus and the Holy Family as they keep getting pushed further and further back by the powers that be in their life. And then you come to church and you think, well, maybe I can get some answers at church. But if you haven't noticed by now, I don't have like a preaching sermon on like how to get out of debt and make your first million in 12 months. It's not going to happen here. <laughs> I don't have a sermon series on like three easy steps to make your grandkids go back to church again. I don't have it. Or like that surefire way to repair that relationship with your parent that's been broken. We don't really have those answers. And maybe you've noticed after coming to church for a little bit that we don't have the most powerful people, and we don't have the richest of uh, amenities here for you. And maybe you start to think, 
did I pick the losing side? <laughs> because the things that I hear about in church, the faith strategies I get, they don't necessarily make me successful, right? Like praying, like reading scripture, not going to make you a million dollars probably, or loving your enemies, praying for those who seem to be against you, listening to others, serving those who could never repay you back. As you start to think about the things that the church gives you as strategies, you may wonder if they're ever going to help you get on the winning side, or at least help you get off this losing streak that maybe you've been on. But the Gospel of Matthew wants us to know something. The Gospel of Matthew wants us to know, like, when it seems like the world and all the things that mess us up have us right where it wants us, God has you right where God wants you. This is what Matthew wants you to know. I actually left out a part that went along with each of these times that Jesus was pushed out when I gave you that play-by-play -play and Jesus had to go here and Jesus had to flee here. I left out something every time in the Gospel of, ha of, God, Gospel of Matthew that that happens. Matthew tells us Jesus fulfilled the law by doing it. Jesus fulfilled some prophecy, some scripture was accomplished by what Jesus did. Jesus started behind in the game by being born to an to a, a unprivileged situation, by being born to an unwed mother. But it fulfilled Scripture, didn't it? That he was born to the Virgin Mary. And being born in Bethlehem, which gives you no power or no fame, fulfilled Scripture. And when Jesus was pushed out with his family into Egypt and had to take on the life of a refugee, Matthew tells us it fulfills Scripture because the prophecy said that out of Egypt my son would come. And when Jesus settles in Nazareth, Matthew tells us it fulfilled Scripture. And even today when we hear in this gospel lesson that Jesus is pushed out to the corners, has to flee after John the Baptist is arrested and goes to this defunct area of Zebulun and Naphtali <clears throat> to the margins where people are generally considered losers, Matthew tells us it fulfills Scripture. Matthew wants us to know there is a reason that Jesus has walked, has slogged through the hard path that anyone who's up against the world has to walk. Matthew wants us to know there is a reason that Jesus and his family took on the danger of becoming refugees and having to cross nation lines into Egypt. There is a reason. Matthew wants us to know there is a reason that Jesus is pushed to the very margins of society, to the people who generally would have been considered losers. There is a reason. And the reason 
is us. Because that's where Jesus finds us. When Jesus shows up in this area around Capernaum, he finds people who are in desperate need of being healed. And they're people who are trapped in this cycle of poverty and powerlessness. So, you know, when you, when you have a cold, but you're otherwise doing okay, health is just an annoyance. But for these people, if they had an illness, if they had an injury, it was like walking with one foot in the grave. And when Jesus is pushed out into these places, he finds people who are yearning for the word of God. And that's what Jesus shares with, him there, with them there. And that is where Jesus begins his ministry and puts together his team. He finds his disciples there in the last place that you would expect, right? Because if you were going to make a team, Team Messiah, right? You were going to take the power back. You're ready. Who would you choose for your team? You'd probably pick soldiers, Maybe, you know, people who have some experience in movements, some organizers. You'd probably try to find financiers, people who could fund your movement to take the power back. Jesus finds fishermen. <laughs> Not the dream team that you would expect to launch his career as the Messiah. He finds fishermen who were just trying hard to make ends meet. He shows up in their lives and says, follow me. It didn't make a lot of sense, probably. It doesn't make a lot of sense to us now to think, why would this be the way that Jesus would plan anything? It seems like Jesus has been pushed time and time again to the margins, to the weakest of the weak, to the poorest of the poor, why would that be the place where Jesus should start his ministry? But Paul tells us, do you hear this reading in 1 Corinthians, maybe one of the most important verses of all scripture. Paul says, the message of the cross, which is really following Jesus when Jesus says, follow me, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. The message of the cross, when Jesus calls us to follow him, it's foolishness. It doesn't just kind of seem like foolishness. It is foolishness to those who are perishing, to those who are engaged in this battle for success in the world. The cross is foolishness. It doesn't make any sense. It's not going to work. But for those of us who are being saved, who have heard this call to follow me, who have heard the good news about freedom in Christ, it's the power, the power of God. It might seem strange to you that God would call you. When you'd find yourself on the, the losing team, when it seems like all of the power and strength and success in the world is on the other side and not on your side, Jesus stands beside you and says, follow me. 
when it seems like on your side there are a slew of mistakes and setbacks and losses. And it seems like all the wins are on the other side. Jesus stands by you and says, follow me. When you feel powerless, when you feel insignificant to change the direction of your life, Jesus is pushed out to you, giving you this call, follow me. To those who are perishing, it is foolishness. But to those who have heard the good news, who have felt the freedom, seen what it's like to play a different game than what the world is playing, this is the power of God. When you find yourself in the midst of less than perfection and maybe frustration after frustration, but the call of Jesus comes to you anyway and says, follow me, then you are right where you need to be. Amen.